This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui here with you from Upper Hand Fantasy. Now, uh, we're going to go over the rest of the matchups, by the way. I went over the first seven matchups, including Thursday Night Football, well, which we already watched and witnessed last night. Um, those seven matchups were in the podcast from uh, Thursday, and today is Friday, and we're going to go over the next seven matchups. So we're here to help you set your lineup this week, make sure that you're aware of all the matchups, make sure you're aware of all the usage. I'm going to go over every fantasy-relevant player, at least in 12-team leagues. Maybe if you're in a 14-team league, you're like, dude, what about this guy? What about this obscure guy that nobody cares about? Sorry, I might not go there. All right, just just straight up. But, you know, depending on guys, some guys are my favorites. I have my favorites, and I might just keep talking about the same guys over and over again every week, even though they don't do anything. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Elijah Moore breaking out on Thursday night. That was nice. But before I get into the podcast, I want to talk about our sponsor, our affiliate partner, Underdog Fantasy. Now, Underdog Fantasy is fun, right? They got the pickums, right? You can also draft your teams. Uh, as well every single week go up against your friends they have contests available public contests where you can win some money and right now they have an amazing deal a limited time deal which they haven't done and before this they were basically just giving up giving away ten dollars on every initial deposit just ten dollars which is which is great i mean free money is free money but now they're actually giving away and they're matching 100 percent of your initial deposit up to $100. So if you put in 50 bucks, instead of getting getting an extra 10 bucks, you're going to get an extra $50. All you got to do is use code UPPERHAND and you'll get that match. If you put in 100 bucks, you get an extra $100 to play with and win some money. I mean, that's legit. And you've seen the pickums that I use, um, you know, the pickums that I play personally. Um, it's fun, right? If you basically, you just, you know, combine a bunch of pickums together. You can combine two pickums, three, four, and five, and depending on how many you pick, I mean, you basically are increasing your multiplier. If you get five pickums right, you know, for one con, like you know, for one contest, for one submission, you you're gonna ten extra money. So if you put in fifty bucks and you get five pickums right, you're gonna win five hundred bucks. So you should definitely go check it out, Underdog Fantasy. Uh, if you go to, uh, you know, uh, you can go to Upperhand. You can you can go to UnderdogFantasy.com. You can download their app. Um, and when you make your initial deposit, just use code UPPERHAND. I also have the link in my bio in my Instagram. You can check it out there. But yeah, that's it. All right, let's get... Do you guys hear that train? There's a train in the background. 
That's exactly what I need when I'm recording this podcast. But anyway, let's get right into the matchups. Um, again, went over a bunch of matchups yesterday. Uh, but let's let's take a look at what happened in last night's game real quick. So, Elijah Moore, two touchdowns, tied with Keelan Cole for the team. Lead in targets with eight. That's awesome. Um, he ran the second most routes to Crowder, which is a good sign. He was fourth in routes among Jets wide receivers in week eight. So, he obviously made a you know big step forward. This is his breakout week. This is what we've been waiting for. And, and a lot of people know that I've been in Elijah Moore's stand since the beginning. I drafted him in, on so many teams. Um, and, you know, I'm just hoping that this is here to stay. Um, you know, Corey Davis is going to come back soon. And um, I, I'm hoping that it's Corey Davis and Elijah Moore on the outside, you know, with Crowder, you know, in the slot, whatever. All I care about is Elijah Moore running routes because he is a playmaker. And, you know, it, honestly, it's funny because, you know, as soon as Mike White you know, comes in, right? Is Mike White and Josh Johnson, right? These two guys are the guys that made Elijah Moore happen. These two guys are the the guys who made this offense happen, right? It's unbelievable. Um, and he's just playing with quarterbacks not, you know, better with quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson right now. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Mike, Mike White threw a touchdown before he got hurt, before he hurt his wrist. We'll see uh, what happens because if Zach Wilson comes back and he's ready to go, what are the Jets going to do? It's going to be interesting. And obviously... You know, Mike White not playing this full game definitely shook some things up with respect to Michael Crowder. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael Crowder. Michael Carter, as well as Jameson Crowder. Both of these guys. So both of these guys were kind of depending on Mike White a little bit because we saw the rapport. And we saw that Mike White was targeting his running backs on more than 40%, um, you know, more, more than 40% target share to running backs from Mike White. So let's see. Let's see if he comes back. By the way, Twitter was just on fire with Mike White. They, they love him. The NFL world loves Mike White. So <laughs> I'm hoping he comes back. I'm a Jets fan. So I'm hoping he does come back. Now, Jonathan Taylor absolutely destroyed in a great matchup. Naheem Hines got some extra opportunity because Taylor got hurt for a bit at the end of the first half, but he did return. Um, Hines ended up scoring a long rushing touchdown while Taylor was out. So, yeah. Um, Carson Wentz, he continues to be a solid fantasy starter as well. He, you know, he as, as many boneheaded plays as he might make throughout the season, he's getting it done for fantasy. It is what it is. All right, let's get into the first matchup that we're going to talk about today. Um, Raiders at the Giants. The Raiders are favored by three points, 46.5 over under. Josh Jacobs was hurt before the bye, but he's practicing this week. He's not on the injury report. Should be good to go. He's a solid RB2 this week against the Giants team, giving up the fifth most rushing yards to running backs this year and the fifth most over the last four weeks. Um, Jacobs has scored in every game he's played this season except one. Um, So firing him up. With the whole Henry Rugg situation, it's hard to say if it's really you know if it really impacts the other wide receivers in a big way. Um, he hasn't had more than four targets in any of the past three games, so I, you know I wouldn't want to bump up anyone else that much. How much can you bump these guys up? And plus, you know his targets were very specific, right? It was those deep routes, like you know I mean are they going to go to Zay Jones maybe? But you're not going to like say like okay I'm going to go pick up Zay Jones now, right? Because we've seen him in this role before. Um, Brian Edwards also had four targets in three of the last four games, so not excited there. Um, Hunter Renfro should continue to be a solid PPR flex play. He has a high floor. His ceiling isn't high. Uh, but the Giants, if you look at this match, the Giants have been vulnerable to slot wide receivers, so he gets a bit of an upgrade this week. They've given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks, but that did include Cooper Cup couple of other good slot wide receivers as well. Uh, but for the year, if you look at it throughout the whole year, the first eight weeks, they have given up the fifth most points to slot wide receivers. So I would say that this is a good matchup for him. 
Uh, Darren Waller's not on the injury report either. He should be back this week. He's one of the best buy lows in fantasy right now, and he remains a high-end tight end one start. His big game is coming. Now, will it be this week? I don't know. Because the Giants have actually played well against tight ends. But Waller is still in your lineup. Um, every week, we're going through the wide receiver carousel for the Giants. And this week, there happens to be confusion with the running backs too. But Saquon had positive COVID test this week. He had negative COVID test this week. And there can be false positives. And it turned out there was a report on Friday morning that's saying that the, he had false positives. He's back in the building. So now it's all about whether his ankle is ready or not. And that's not 100%. Yeah, right? So let's see if he can get a full practice in. Let's see if he can get a limited practice in on Friday. Just stay up to date with my Instagram stories and, you know, I'll let you know. If Saquon doesn't go, whether it's because of COVID or his ankle, Devontae Booker can be, make another RB2 start for you. He's getting enough work in the passing game to give you a solid floor. So, you know, if he scores, that's icing on the cake right there. The matchup is okay. Um, these wide receivers. Now, it looks like Sterling Shepard will be out this week with a quad injury. Uh, hasn't practiced yet this week. I doubt he plays. Uh, Kadarius Tony should play this week, and I'd start him as a wide receiver three with upside. Uh, he ran a lot of his routes from this slot this year, and I'm guessing he does a lot of that with Shepard likely out. Um, the Raiders have been good against slot wide receivers, but Tony, you know, he has enough upside where I'm willing to take the shot, right? He didn't run a full complement of routes last week, and I'm guessing it was probably because he was he was banged up. Uh, we'll see if Kenny Galladay returns. He did return to practice on Thursday, but he was limited. Um, it's not a 100% chance that he plays this week. My guess that he doesn't, uh, but we'll get more clarity you know, either on Friday, most likely, um, Friday or Saturday. I'm guessing Friday. So keep, in, keep up to date with my Instagram stories you know, if you're interested in this wide receiver situation. Um, now, my preferred, this week, my, my preferred play this week between these two guys, Tony and Galladay, um, is Tony. Right, so if if Tony, you know, it like if Gallaud is out this week, Tony gets a big upgrade. Right, Darius Slayton can also be played as well if Gallaud and Shepard are out. Um, this this whole <laughs> wide receiver situation for the Giants is hilarious. Um, the fact that never mind, I don't even want to get into it. I was going to talk about the headset, you know, situation. I was talking about the COVID situation. I don't know what's going on with the Giants this year. A lot of stuff. Um, now both quarterbacks in this game, Derek Carr and Daniel Jones are both streamers. I prefer Jones for upside. And if you want to go safe, I think Derek Carr is probably the safe option. All right, moving on to the Falcons at the Saints. The Saints are favored by six points, 42 over under. Uh, Kyle Pitts gets an upgrade because of the fact that Calvin really won't be playing. Pitts is basically a wide receiver. He's not playing it as a tight end. He, he ran only four inline routes each of the last two weeks. He ran 88% of his routes from the slot or the perimeter in each of the last two weeks. So, you know, it's possible we see him shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore on perimeter routes, but maybe not. We'll see. But New Orleans has been vulnerable to wide receivers this year either way, and that's how I'm classifying Pitts. He's a high-end high end, high end tight end one moving forward, you know, whether Ridley is back or not. Uh, I don't trust any of the Falcons wide receivers, even in the good matchup. Russell Gage and Tajay Sharp are running the most routes, and it's been Sharp getting the looks. Um, these guys are just desperate flexes in deeper leagues. Cordell Patterson should be in lineups despite the tough matchup on paper, um, especially when you're looking at the running back aspect of it, um, especially in PPR leagues. I think he should be in lineups. He's still a high-end RB2 because of the usage in the past game. Uh, he didn't get it last week, but with Ridley out, the targets need to go somewhere. Uh, Mike Williams became relevant again. You know, these two backs split work pretty evenly last week, but Davis, 
He's a desperate PPR flex option only because he might see his like five targets, right? Other than that, it's a tough matchup on the ground. Uh, by the way, I'm not dropping Calvin Ridley in season-long leagues. He can be back at any point, okay? Uh, I, I got a lot of questions there. I even saw him dropped in some leagues on in Yahoo. Um, in Dynasty, I, I might be even buying him there. So, you know, he's not like retired. You know what I mean? He's, he's still a baller. He's still elite. And, you know, I'm hoping the best for him. And, you know, he might be back soon. Now, it looks like Trevor Simeon will be the starter for the Saints this week. Um, so, keep that in mind. Taysom Hill was, like, one of my favorite pickups this week. But either they liked what they saw in Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill is not ready just yet because he hasn't practiced in a while. Uh, Alvin Kamara is an RB1. I'm hoping he gets the targets, you know, from these guys, um, you know, especially Hill, if he ever takes over, um, you know, looking forward, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, he's not coming back. So that's good for Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram was also a factor in his first game back with the Saints. Kamara's routes went down to below 50% uh, when it was near 70% before um, his targets suffered as a result. We'll see if that continues. Like, I think... Ty, you know, Tyson Hill's goal line prowess doesn't help Kamara either, but, you know, I'm still treating Kamara as an RB1, RB1 we all know that he is. I mean, I guess there's no guarantee that Tyson Hill even becomes a quarterback one, but, you know, or like, I'm sorry about the QB1 for the Saints. There's no doubt he'll be a QB1 for fantasy if he ever does, if he ever does play. Um, I just did get an alert saying that um, Saquon Barkley is not practicing today and he is going to be declared out. So Devontae Booker becomes um, a solid RB2 this week. Okay, moving moving back to the Saints. Um, I guess, you know, Marquez Callaway is someone I might be stashing, you know, in, in case that there is some rapport between him and the new quarterbacks. We saw some rapport between him and Taysom Hill uh, in the preseason, so it's possible we see something there. Saints defense is a solid start this week, so, you know, keep them in your lineups. Moving on to the Chargers at the Eagles. The, e- the Chargers are favored by 1.5 points, 50 point over under. Um, Justin Herbert now has four underwhelming fantasy finishes. Um, he has one solid one, two ridiculously amazing ones. Now he goes up against Philly, you know, who's been good against QBs. So I would say that he's a low end QB one in this matchup. He has the upside in any matchup, but, um, you know, he's not like a must start or anything like that. His wide receivers have tough matchups, but Austin Eckler has a great one. In both phases of the game, the Eagles have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs, the fourth most over the last four weeks, the third most receiving yards on the most receptions to running backs over the last four weeks. So uh, they also give a shit ton of rushing, give up a shit ton of rushing yards as well. Um, Eckler is in line to have a monster game this week. Now, we said the same thing about DeAndre Swift last week against this same defense without Jamal Williams, but you know, I think that would be it would be a pretty huge feat for this defense to stop both of these backs two weeks in a row. But we'll see. Tough matchups for the wide receivers. Like I said, Keenan Allen is still a wide receiver to play this week. I think he's going to be the preferred option for me right now between him and Mike Williams. Williams might even be shadowed by Darius Slay this week. Um, But the thing that concerns me about Williams is the fact that his depth of target since week five has been near 15 yards. And, And that's just like what the old Mike Williams was doing. The new Mike Williams, which we all fell in love with in the first four weeks of the season... He was being targeted on short to intermediate throws, right? His ADOT was around 10 yards, right? Easy catches, high percentage throws. Mike Williams won't have to land on his hip to like, you know, catch those long balls. So if this continues, I think Williams' stock falls, unfortunately. 
Jared Cook is a streamer this week because of the tough matchups that the wide receivers have and the fact that the Eagles are giving up the fourth most fantasy points two tight ends this year, the third most over the last four weeks, the most catches over the last four weeks, and the fifth most yards, two tight ends over the last four weeks. So yeah, I think Cook can be streamed this week. Jalen Hurts is still a QB1 despite the, the tough matchup. Like last week was his first fantasy ba- like bad fantasy game ever. So continue to start him. Um, Devontae Smith hasn't been able to come through lately. Um, and he's coming off his worst fantasy performance. He's a wide receiver play wise wide receiver three play this week, but you know, I'm not excited about it, right? He still had a 20% target share and almost 50% of the air yards last week, despite a terrible line. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a solid tight end one this week um, after getting 50% of targets last week and running around on more than 80% of dropbacks over the last two weeks. The Chargers are giving up the third most fantasy points to the position over the year and the fourth most over the last four weeks. So great matchup, great usage. He's in your lineup. Now, as far as this Eagles backfield goes, it's really tough to trust them, right? They, they really should attack this Chargers defense with the run game because that's really the only way to do it. But we haven't seen them do many logical things this year. I'd expect Boston Scott to lead the way. Um, and if they can get the run game going, Jordan Howard can see some touches as well. So I'd view Scott as like a low-end RB2, like probably like the RB24, <laughs> you know, with the hopes that the Eagles try and beat the Chargers on the ground. Um, even though they've been a more, you know, they call more pass, pass plays than run plays, you know, especially in the first part of the season. So we'll see if they make a change here. Now, if the Eagles find themselves down. I do think that Kenny Kenny Gainwell is the primary back on the field for most plays. Um, we have to remember that last last week, the Eagles completely blew the lines out of the water, right? So just, just keep that in mind. Okay, moving on to the Packers at the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers is out. Um, the Chiefs are favored by 7.5 points, 48 over under. Jordan Love is going to make his NFL debut. Uh, if you want to stream him, I can understand it, with the Chiefs giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but it's really tough to trust a QB making his first start. Right? Not everyone's Mike White. <laughs> uh, Devontae Adams is back this week, and I'm starting him as a wide receiver one, even with Rodgers not playing. He's an elite wide receiver, right? And you just keep these guys in your lineup at all times. Plus, it's a good matchup. Um, the Packers will rely um, on Aaron, Aaron Jones, most likely, for a second straight game. Um, you know, first game because Devontae Adams was out. This game because Aaron Rodgers is out. Uh, but we'll see if the Chiefs decide to start the box, right? But this defense as a whole just, like, isn't that good. So, you know, I, now I will admit that they have stepped their game up a little bit over the past few weeks. But I think Jones is still a, a solid RB1 start this week. Now, it is possible that the Packers also use A.J. Dillon kind of like they did last week with no Aaron Rodgers. They probably won't want to put the game in the hands of Jordan Love. Um, Dillon had 16 carries last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he does something similar this week, um, but he's at the mercy of the KC offense. So if they go up, you know, Dillon will probably be phased out, but Dillon is a desperate flex option if you need it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has had two bad fantasy starts in a row. Both of them, you know, coming in the last two weeks. He threw at least three touchdowns in each of the first four games of the season, then scored a total of five touchdowns over the last four games. So he's in a bit of a funk, but I'm still starting him. He still has all the weapons he needs to be successful, and he's at home. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't been, hasn't been designated for return yet, and it's already Friday, so it doesn't seem like he'll be back this week, despite this being his first eligible week back. Um, Derek Gore got some work in last week, but Dow Williams was still like the primary back. I wouldn't play Gore, personally, but Williams is still at RB2, and I think he gets a bump in PPR leagues. 
Uh, Tyreek Hill is in your lineup. Travis Kelsey is in your lineup. Moving on to the Cardinals at the 49ers. Um, we still don't know if Kyler Murray will get the start this week. He obviously has a huge impact on this entire offense. Uh, Colt McCoy will get the start if Murray can't go. If Murray does play, he's in my lineup despite the ankle injury. DeAndre Hopkins might not play this week with a hamstring injury. He's yet to practice, but we have seen him like miraculously get healthy and play before, <laughs> right? Like even with no practice all week, but we'll see. I think it's tough to play him this week because, he, you know, as we saw last week, he was in and out of the game. He only ran around on 25% of dropbacks. I'm not sure if we want to depend on that. And Kyle Murray's banged up on top of it. AJ Green might also be out because he's on the COVID list. So Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore can potentially be the primary wide receivers for the Cardinals this week. And if Murray can't go, you know, they don't get as much of an upgrade. But, like, you know, I still think that could both be wide receiver three plays because of the fact that the targets need to go somewhere, right? Moore ran around on 70% of routes this past week with Hopkins banged up. That was his season high. Um, and, you know, him and Kirk will both probably be near 100% of routes run, assuming that, um, you know, A.J. Green and and uh, Hopkins are out this week. But we'll see. Zach Ertz gets an upgrade as well if Hopkins and, and Green don't go. I'd assume he'd be on the field for most passing plays, like if one or both guys are out. Maybe more 11 personnel instead of, like, the 10 personnel they like to do a lot. Um now, on the 49ers side of the ball, Jeff Wilson has come back to practice, but no word on whether he'll be activated this week. It is possible. Um, but Elijah Mitchell has done everything you'd ask for with the opportunity he's been given. So I continue to start him as a solid RB2 regardless. Um, now, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, this is a better matchup for Mitchell, given that he'll likely be able to rack up carries, you know, rather than potentially giving way to the third down back, whether it's Hasty or Jeff Wilson. I think Wilson is a stash right now, though, in case Kyle Shanahan you know, pulls to some of his shenanigans. Uh, Debo Samuel practicing on a limited basis with a calf injury. If he's in the game, he's in my lineup. Um, now, Brandon Ayuk, I'm not quite ready to start him just yet. If I had the luxury of him having, you know, of him on my being on my bench right now, but if you're desperate, I think it's fine having him in your flex this week. He ran around on all but one drop, all but one drop back last week, and he's back to being a full time starter. It seems right. We'll see. He does have a good matchup against the primary, against his primary defender this week on the left side. The Cardinals are giving up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side. Um, so, you know, he definitely makes an interesting DFS play, that's for sure. It's possible that we see George Kittle back this week as well. He's getting some practice in too. So if he's active, he'll be in my lineup as a tight end one, despite the Cardinals being one of the best defenses against tight ends. Okay, uh, let's go to the Titans at the Rams. Rams favored by 7.5 points, 53.5 over under. It's going to be tough to decipher the Titans running game and who to start out of their three running backs the first week without Derrick Henry, but I'd probably lean Jeremy McNichols for now. He's the only one who's been on the team. The Titans will likely find themselves in a negative game script in this game, so he's the obvious play for me right now. I'd, I'd probably rank him as a low-end RB2, and he gets a bump in PPR leagues. AJ Brown's in your lineup. We might not see Jalen Ramsey shadow him, but who knows? Either way, I think he's in. He's balling right now. You know, we might see a lot of pass volume from this offense moving forward. The Rams are kind of in the middle of the league in terms of fantasy points given up to wide receivers, so it's not a matchup that you need to stay away from at all. Julio Jones, I think he should be in lineups as a wide receiver three if he plays. He's obviously an injury risk every week, but especially now coming off the hamstring injury still, but I wouldn't want to miss out on some volume here, especially in a negative game script. Matthew Stafford's in. He's a solid QB1, has a great matchup. He's in. Cooper Cup, he's a borderline start for me this week. Just kidding. Robert Woods, 
he had a solid fantasy day last week, scored two touchdowns. He only caught three of 35, but he did have nine targets. That's a good sign. This is the third time in eight weeks where he caught more than six, where he had more than six targets. Um, he's a low-end wide receiver two this week for me. It's a great matchup. The Titans are allowing the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. He runs a lot of routes from the slot. Um, and they also give up, give up the most overall fantasy points to wide receivers. So, you know, Woods moves around a bit. And, you know, I'm happy to put him in my lineup this week. Dal Henderson is in as a solid RB1 as well. Make sure you're considering Sonny Michelle as a high-end running back stash in case Henderson were to ever miss time. He'll be a three-down back. Um, Tyler Higby's routes dropped last week, so he's like a borderline tight end one right now unless we start seeing some consistent high-percentage routes and targets combined put together for multiple weeks in a row. That'll be great. Moving on to the Monday night game, Bears at the Steelers, six and a half. Uh, Steelers are favored by six and a half points here, 40 point over under, extremely low over under for this game. Um, and now it's possible Montgomery comes back this week. He's He's been designated to come off IR a couple days ago. If I were the Bears, I'd just let him rest another week with the bye coming in week 10, which is next week. Herbert has been doing a great job in his absence. Matt Nagy did say that Montgomery won't lose any carries to Herbert when he comes back. So there's that, right? That's good to know if you have Montgomery. Um, But Herbert, you know, would remain a high upside handcuff moving forward. I would start either one as an RB2 this week, despite the tough matchup. If Montgomery plays, I'd start him as an RB2. And if Herbert plays, I'd start him as an RB2. Start him as RB2 as well. So both should be involved in the pass game enough, I think, to put up a decent game even though the matchup looks tough on paper. Um, based on the videos of David Montgomery in practice that I've seen, he seems to be moving well. Darnell Mooney is a flex play in a deep league. He's had a couple of decent weeks lately. It seems like every other week. But um, I'm not starting Allen Robinson. Sucks to say. Justin Fields isn't a start for me just yet. Last week was promising, but I'd hold off. He isn't a mustache or anything during the bye um, that, that they have next week. Um, so just, you know, I'm fine keeping him on waivers for now. Uh, Najee Harris is obviously in your lineup as a high-end RB1. He's getting it done regardless of matchup. Now, this is a low-key good matchup for him. You think of the Bears, you think of a tough run defense, but the Bears have given up the fourth-most rushing yards to running backs this year, the second-most over the past two weeks, um, second only to the Texans, so that tells you that. And six teams have had more rushing volume against them in that span. Deontay Johnson is a high-end wide receiver, too, regardless of matchup. He's getting the targets. He's Ben's guy. Chase Claypool, boom bust wide receiver three for me this week. I'm hoping he can get some volume soon at some point. He's a buy low for me right now, um, you know, because there hasn't been any production from him since the Juju injury, but I think he's running a full complement of routes. He's moving around, and I think that there's going to be games where he's going to kind of blow up. Uh, I think people are pretty low on him, and, you know, you really got to buy in on the talent when it comes to him. Uh, Brent, ben Fryermuth hasn't been running a lot of routes. He's running enough to consider him, but he was still around 65% with Ebron out last week. You want around 75% at least. I, I don't think Ebron is playing this week, so you can play Fryermuth as a stream, You know, given that he is being targeted on his routes at least. Seven targets in each of the last two weeks. Not the best matchup, though. Just putting that out there. Okay, guys, that's all I got. Make sure you check out Underdog. Get that 100% match. Uh, for that for a limited time, use code UPPERHAND uh, when you make your first deposit. I hope you guys are doing well. By the way, I'm going to be putting out my underdog picks on Saturday. So I'll have a post ready with my picks. Make sure you choose your picks, but you can use that as a guide. Take it easy, guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take it easy. Enjoy the games. Good luck this week. See ya.